Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the I Can't Sleep Podcast with Benjamin Boster. If you're tired of sleepless nights, you'll love the I Can't Sleep Podcast. I help quiet your mind by reading random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. Each episode provides enough interesting content to hold your attention and then your mind lets you drift off. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's I Can't Sleep with Benjamin Boster. The veil of celebrity has been lifted a bit in recent years with the whole world so connected through social media. It seems to have even the playing field as we regular folk get to see these famous people all the time. And it lets us view their human side, remind us that they are actually people too. And all people are vulnerable to strange and tragic things. Welcome guys to this Patreon-only exclusive episode Thank you so much for tuning in. Here are five celebrities who vanished under mysterious circumstances. Number five, the tragic story of Andrew Koning. It was a cold February evening in 2010 when news began to ripple through the media. Andrew Koning, a former sidekick and star of the hit 80s sitcom Growing Pains, had gone missing. The days turned into a nerve-wracking week and the hopes of finding the actor alive again began to dwindle. Vancouver's picturesque Stanley Park, known for its serenity and beauty, would soon become the focal point of a harrowing search for the man. It was a place Andrew had frequented and cherished, 
especially since he fell in love with the city back in 1988 during the filming of 21 Jump Street. As a cloud of mystery enveloped his whereabouts, troubling details then began to emerge. The 41-year-old actor was supposed to board a flight from Vancouver to Los Angeles, but he never made it. His parents, already concerned due to a recent letter they received from Andrew written in a despairing tone, had reported him missing. That letter hinted at the immense pain he was going through, intensifying the urgency of the search. Walter Koning, Andrew's father, and a legend in his own right, known for his iconic role as Pavel Chekhov in Star Trek, alongside his wife Judy, rushed to Vancouver. They aimed to support the investigation and join their son's friends in combing Stanley Park, praying for a sign, a clue, really any hint of Andrew's whereabouts. Disturbing pieces of the puzzle began to fit together then. It was revealed that Andrew had stopped taking his depression medication nearly a year before. In a silent cry for help, he had either sold or given away many of his belongings, vacated his apartment in Venice, California, and then made his way to Canada. It was a series of actions that, in hindsight, painted a haunting picture. And then, on a gloomy Thursday, a few weeks after he had vanished, as Walter Koning and his friends were making yet another sweep of Stanley Park, the unimaginable was realized. They found Andrew, the vibrant actor who once brought joy and laughter to many homes, had hanged himself from a tree. In the wake of such devastation, the Konings spoke candidly to the media. Their grief was palpable, and their message poignant. Walter's voice cracked as he addressed those battling their own inner demons, urging them to reach out, to speak, and to realize that people genuinely care. Judy added that people in the throes of depression often can't see the help that's available, and it's crucial for them to connect with others. Andrew was a son, a friend, and a beloved figure in the entertainment world. He had changed hats later in life working primarily as an editor, he always felt like he was climbing that Hollywood hill trying to get that shine. Shortly before his disappearance, a friend had offered him a job to edit a project, which he declined. He then asked him to grab some drinks so he could talk with him to see what was up, but he passed on that too. This story, like many mysteries, holds within it a lesson. To be observant, understanding, and always be there for our loved ones. It's a call to not ignore the signs, to act, and to remember that behind every smile, there might be a story of pain waiting to be heard. Number four, Richie Rock Dow. The rock world has seen its share of mysteries and deaths, but few stories are as haunting as that of Richie Edwards, the rhythm guitarist and lyricist for the Welsh alternative rock band Manic Street Preachers. Born on December 22nd of 1967 in Blackwood, Wales, Edwards was more than just a musician. With deep-set eyes often rimmed in mascara and a panache for sharp suits, his aesthetic was distinctly unique, but what truly set him apart was his intellect and lyrical prowess. Edwards often delved into deep philosophical topics, weaving them into the band's music. But behind the brilliance lay a troubled soul. 
Edwards grappled with anorexia and self-harm. The scars on his body were both a testament to his internal battles and a jarring image of the rawness of his pain. Once in a desperate bid to prove a point during an interview, he carved four real into his forearm with a razor blade, a stark reminder of the depth of his emotions. By the time the early 90s rolled around, the Manic Street Preachers were on the cusp of international stardom. As their star rose, so did the weight on Edwards' shoulders. February 1st, 1995, dawned like any other day. Edwards was slated to embark on a promotional tour in the U.S. with the band's co-manager. They had plans to break into the American market, however, fate had other plans. Edwards checked out of the Embassy Hotel in London, and this would be the last confirmed sighting of him. He vanished without a trace after that. As weeks went by, a glimmer of hope popped up, or perhaps despair, depending on how you look at it. Edwards' car, a silver Cavalier, was found abandoned near the Severn Bridge. This location was notorious, a place where many had chosen to end their lives. And so was this the tragic finale of Edwards' tortured existence? Well, we don't know. Theories abounded. Some said he had taken his own life, unable to bear the weight of fame and his personal demons. Others speculated, though, that he had started a new life, seeking anonymity and respite from the public eye. He had always had a deep fascination with stories of disappearances, and so, if in fact he wanted out of the spotlight, he knew that leaving a car at a bridge with a dark past would lead people to believe he had followed suit. Over the years, there have been many alleged sightings of him all over the world and in far-off places like India. Over the years, Edwards became a rock and roll enigma. The band decided to continue, channeling their grief and the mystery of their lost member into their music. They kept his memory alive, setting aside his share of the royalties, just in case he ever returns. Number three. A Haunting in Bouquet This story is not of people who had any type of celebrity status before this incident. However, they gained notoriety around the world after their strange disappearances, and this is why. Nestled among the picturesque terrains of the Baru Volcano, the quaint town of Bouquet in Panama is a haven for tourists and adventurers. But all the idealness of it all was turned on its head when two young women from the Netherlands, 21-year-old Chris Kremers and 22-year-old Lizanne Froon, visited. On April 1st of 2014, Kremers and Froon, two students from Amersfoort, began their day with enthusiasm. They had meticulously planned their six-month journey to Panama, envisioning it as a blend of leisure and purpose. They had been trekking through Panama's dense jungles for two weeks, with aspirations to volunteer at a local school in the coming month. Their last Facebook post was filled with excitement about exploring a local village, and they just enjoyed brunch with fellow Dutch travelers. This was their dream trip. Nobody could have foreseen the horror that awaited them. By nightfall, though, The host family's dog returned alone with no sign of the two young women who had been outside with it. The next morning, a scheduled private walking tour in Bouquet came and went without their presence. 
The host families were as fears seemed to be materializing. After all, they didn't know the girls all that well. At first, they thought maybe they'd been off doing something, but as more time passed, it seemed something bad had happened. Come five days later on April 6th, and despite the exhaustive efforts of local search parties, Kremers and Froon remained missing. With every passing day, hope diminished. Their families, gripped by dread, flew to Panama, bringing with them Dutch detectives. Weeks of fruitless searches ensued. But then, ten weeks into their disappearance, a glimmer of hope emerged. A local woman discovered a blue backpack containing some of the personal belongings of the girls. Amongst the stuff inside were two cell phones and a camera, which revealed chilling glimpses into their final days. The cell phones told a tale of desperation. Starting just hours into their hike, a series of 77 emergency calls were made, desperately seeking help. Tragically, the thick jungle canopy allowed just one call to connect, which cut off after two seconds. The phones also revealed a disturbing attempt to unlock Kremer's phone using an incorrect pin. Their lifelines went silent by April 11th. The camera's content, however, was even more harrowing. While the initial pictures showcased the girls enjoying their hike, the latter set, captured in the pitch-black darkness of April 8th, conveyed a nightmarish scene. The disturbing images of their belongings scattered, eerie mounds of dirt and the bloodied back of Kremer's head. So what happened to them out there? A few photos showed they were near a river or ravine, and so everyone focused their efforts there. In the following months, the discovery of their remains further deepened the enigma. And 33 bones in total were scattered along a riverbank. DNA testing confirmed they belonged to both girls. However, while Froon's bones showed signs of natural decomposition, Kremer's bones bore a strange bleached appearance. Were the girls scavenged by animals, or was there something else much more sinister at hand? The lack of tangible evidence made it nearly impossible for the investigators to piece together the exact events leading to their tragic end. The locals, fellow tourists, and guides were all questioned, but the mystery remained unsolved. To this day, this story remains unresolved, and it's likely to stay that way, leaving a haunting legacy in the heart of Bouquet's wilderness. Number 2. The Unsolved Disappearance of Michael Rockefeller In the world of opulence and power, few names can evoke the same reverence as the Rockefellers. Born to one of the world's richest dynasties on May 18th of 1938, Michael Rockefeller was destined for greatness. But unlike the sprawling skyscrapers of New York that stood as testaments to this family's accomplishments, Michael's legacy was to become a very strange mystery. While his father, the former bull Nelson Rockefeller, was shaping the architectural skyline of America and steering the course of its political landscape, Michael found himself captivated by a completely different calling. His heart was taken not by the concrete jungles of New York, but by the real dense, untamed jungles of New Guinea. 
As a young man, Michael's fascination with indigenous art took him on a journey, away from the towers of New York and into the heart of New Guinea, then a Dutch colony. Alongside filmmaker Robert Gardner, Michael embarked on an exploration to document the lives and art of the Asmat people for the documentary Dead Birds. And this wasn't just another expedition. It was Michael's rite of passage into a world that he felt compelled to learn about. However, his insatiable curiosity came with its perils. The serene landscapes and the artistry of the Asmat people had their secrets. On the fateful day of November 17th, as Michael, accompanied by Dutch anthropologist René Wassing, and two young Asmat guides crossed the treacherous waters of the Betchi River, their boat capsized. What was to be a routine passage then turned into a nightmarish problem. The mystery of Michael's disappearance has spun countless tales, each more riveting and haunting than the last. Was he taken by the unforgiving currents, or did he, a strong swimmer, face a more ominous fate upon reaching the shores? Rumors whispered of head-hunting practices, of revenge killings, and even cannibalism. When journalist Milt Mochlin ventured to New Guinea, he unearthed a tale of revenge, possible payback for the 1958 massacre by Dutch officers, and this theory painted a grim picture. Michael, though innocent, could have been mistaken for an avenger by the Asmat and executed. Anthropologist Tobias Schneebaum and journalist Carl Hoffman and their respective quests both encountered whispers and subtle hints that insinuated Michael's untimely end at the hands of the tribesmen. Hoffman's chilling account of his interactions with the locals, especially a reenactment he witnessed of a white man's murder, adds layers to this mystery. And to this day, Michael Rockefeller's fate remains a dark chapter in the family's history. But there are some who say he actually decided to quit the documentary, quit living the high life altogether, and join the tribespeople where he lived out the rest of his life. Number one, Patrick's Unending Enigma. It's a tale as old as time, someone mysteriously vanishing without a trace. But when the missing person in question was the on-again, off-again partner of an iconic actress, it takes on a much weirder dimension. Eighteen years ago, the world was shaken by the news of Patrick McDermott's unexplained disappearance. He was not just any Hollywood figure, but the partner of singer and actress Olivia Newton-John, his body was never found, and while there have been numerous speculations and alleged sightings, the true story behind McDermott's disappearance remains elusive. The love story between Newton John and McDermott began in 1996. Hollywood's glamorous lights and movie sets were the backdrop to their romance. Over the years, the bond between the Hollywood cameraman and the iconic actress only grew stronger as displayed in a touching 2004 segment on the Australian talk show, This Is Your Life. McDermott's heartwarming tribute to Newton John moved audiences, adding yet another layer of heartbreak to his later disappearance. By 2005, the end of their romantic relationship had come, but they were still friends, of course. 
Newton-John was shattered when McDermott mysteriously vanished after boarding the fishing boat Freedom. And 22 passengers sailed with him that fateful night, none of whom knew the gravity of the events about to unfold. His sudden vanishing left more questions than answers. While passengers reported seeing McDermott disembark, his car remained at the marina untouched. It took a month for his absence to raise alarm bells, leading to a massive search and then a media frenzy. As the investigation progressed, various theories were proposed. From suspicions of McDermott faking his death to escape financial burdens, he had lived that high-end Hollywood lifestyle for a long time, but just couldn't afford it in reality. There were rumored sightings of him in Mexico and even South America. The waters surrounding his disappearance were murky. The Coast Guard, after intense probing, concluded that McDermott was most likely simply lost at sea. Private investigators were also hired, leading to a maze of stories and allegations, but no concrete evidence. The story took an even darker turn when Philip Klein released Lost at Sea, The Hunt for Patrick McDermott, a book that was heavily criticized by McDermott's family. Throughout all this, Newton John remained a pillar of grace. Her pain was palpable in interviews where she openly confessed the void left by McDermott's disappearance. Her statement to Women's Weekly in 2009 was particularly poignant. I don't think I will ever really be at peace with it. Though years have passed, the story still resonates. Fresh speculations continue to surface, such as the photograph that was thought to be McDermott in Mexico, which was later debunked. And so, as of right now to this day, this case remains a mystery. So there were five celebrities who vanished under mysterious circumstances. Hopefully we got in some interesting ones for you guys. I know you're all big true crime fans like myself, so I like searching for stuff that's a little more under the radar. If you have any stories for me, let me know in the comments. I read everything here on Patreon, or you can email me at scarymysteries1 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I'll see you in the next one.